Alright, I am back, people, after almost a month off. Um, you know what? Don't judge me. I had some problems. Uh, yeah, we don't need to get into that. But I'm back. Uh, we're going to be talking about Michigan politics again here on the Holmes Politicast. Also, yes, I am aware that it is not Friday. Um, generally, I do my shows on Fridays. But I'm since I haven't done one in like three weeks, I'm going to do a quick one uh, just just to kind of catch up on everything that's gone on. Uh, the primaries happened already. I hope you voted in them. Uh, I hope you voted in, voted in. I hope you voted straight Republican uh, because Democrats are trying to destroy this state and the country and uh, our counties and you know anything else that they can get their hands on. So uh, vote straight Republican. Uh, not not just not doing your homework. Uh, if you don't do your homework, please don't vote. But, uh, yeah, we need to get Republicans in there. Republicans are actually going to do something. Um, these clowns that are in office right now haven't done very much. So, um, hopefully you got you got John James on the ticket. Um, we did, obviously. But hopefully we, we can get John James to an electoral victory. Uh, we got Governor Whitmer is uh, not... Is, she's refusing to... Uh, do any any press interview. She will not allow the press near her because any question that she gets asked, she can't answer, uh, which we knew. Uh, she blames Trump, of course, for all of the economic downturns that you know she created. That's Trump's fault. Um, and she makes more new councils. Of course, she's been using executive orders ad nauseum lately. Uh, she just loves those executive orders. She got a little bit of power, and she could not be happier. Uh, of course, she's going to blame Trump when all of her executive orders are crap. But uh, regardless, we're going to be looking at all those. I'm Thomas Fry. This is the Holmes Politicast. All right, so I want to start today with this amazing piece of news. Uh, this was published on August 7th from WBK, WBCK. Uh, 95.3, it's a radio station, obviously, uh, conservative uh, right-wing news source. Um, so, apparently, Governor Whitmer has banned the press from actually attending her press conferences. Um, it also says that she would then only consider taking their questions if they submitted questions electronically. She also would only choose six questions she wanted to answer and skip the one she preferred not to answer. It, it, it gets better. It gets even better. <clears throat> the reporters were given permission by Whitmer to watch her answer those six questions via Zoom. The six reporters whose questions were chosen by the governor were not allowed to ask any follow-up questions. So what is the point of this press conference? Um, well, Governor Whitmer, or, or her office rather, stated that the reason they barred the press from the press conference was due to her tightened executive order limiting attendance at indoor events. Um, okay. Well, that is entirely hypocritical of her. Um, so last Friday, uh, only nine hours after she signed executive order to 2020 this is a 160th executive order might i add uh so only nine hours after signing that um which reinstated restrictions on gatherings 
in northern Michigan to limit indoor gatherings to 10 people and outdoor gatherings to 250 people, she attended an outside ceremony of over 700 people in northern Michigan. So, I mean, obviously she's not super concerned about uh, the number of, of people that are attending an event. Um, we've been able to do these press conferences. I mean, she's been doing them, what, every day? Every couple days? Uh so that's absolutely ridiculous that at this point, at this point in time, where deaths are down in the single digits between 0 and 10 every single day for the last like three months, now she decides to bar the press? That just doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, there's your governor, people. Uh, we, we really need to get rid of her. Um, so that's just one more encouragement to... Uh, Get out there and vote. Uh, I mean, obviously, she's got another four years unless somebody forcibly removes her from office, which would just be absolutely phenomenal. I would love if somebody would stand up and say, you are violating the agreement between your constituents and the government, and you are not allowed to govern anymore. I mean, obviously, we just get Garland Gilchrist, which is just as bad, but he'd be on his toes. He'd know. If he violated the Constitution, he'd be out on his ear, too. We'll just go right down the line until we get somebody that is going to respect the Constitution of Michigan. Um, and yeah, that's that's really all I all I wanted to say about that. Just a little rant about Governor Whitmer not allowing the press to her press briefing. It's retarded. Okay, moving on. All right, so Governor Whitmer, speaking of her, because she's really the only one in power right now. She's really the only one that can do anything. So. Uh, She's really all I've been talking about for the past, I don't know, few months uh, since we started this whole pandemic. Um, so, Governor Whitmer says that Trump's orders don't protect unemployed Americans. Wow. I'm, I am just shocked. She's, uh, she's saying that Trump did a bad job. Oh my goodness. A Democrat saying that Trump did a bad job. Color me shocked. I, I, I have to... I have to clarify this. I'm, I'm not racist against shocked colored people. Uh, just it's an expression. Okay, so don't don't cancel me or anything. Um, so WXYZ News, uh, an ABC outlet again, uh, reporting this, you know, this comment uh, on Whitmer. Uh, they start out, Governor Whitmer responded Sunday to recent executive orders announced by the Trump administration. Uh, now, let me stop you right there and um, say... Trump probably shouldn't be issuing some of these executive orders. Uh, I don't agree with all of them. They're dumb. Uh, executive orders in general are dumb, uh, as I've been harping on for the past, you know, since Governor started her thousand executive order streak. Um, anyway, so Trump signed these executive orders. Why did he do that? Okay, so uh, the, the House Democrats and the Senate Republicans... Could not come up with a bill because the Democrats kept on blocking it. They kept on voting it down. They do not want anything except all of their agenda. If if Republicans take even a single thing out, they will reject it. They will throw a temper tantrum. They'll cry. They'll scream. They'll kick their heels on the floor and scream for mommy. Um, so back to the back to the orders. All right, I I, I digress. Uh, the orders include deferring the employee portion of the payroll tax until the end of the year for those making less than $100,000. I mean, all right, that's that's a cool policy. 
be nice if the legislature could do that. But, of course, they can't. Um, Democrats never, ever vote to cut uh, taxes. So, you know, that wasn't going to happen. So I guess maybe maybe he didn't need to do an executive order. You know, no, I, I, probably not. Either way, he did it. So, whatever. I'm not in charge. All right. So, uh, uh, deferring... Well, actually, deferring only means that they're, they have to be paid later. So, still kind of stupid. Um, enhancing unemployment benefits. Uh, excuse me. Enhancing unemployment benefits by $400 a week through the end of the year. Oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. Uh, that's exactly what the Democrats wanted. Uh, they wanted people to have incentive not to go back to work. Why, oh, why would you play right into their hands? All right, whatever. Um, so that unemployment benefits. Deferring student loans and forgive interest into September and possibly longer, the president excluded to ex- e- oh the president alluded to extensions and extending eviction oh my goodness i can't do this today all right and extend eviction mandatoriums nationwide so um no payroll taxes till the end of the year uh more incentive to stay home rather than go back to work um deferring student loans and interest and possibly longer extensions on that and uh, you can't evict people. So those are his four executive orders um, that Governor Whitmer is so upset about. Um, now, now I think what she's really actually upset about, uh, and I will I will get to this uh, a little bit later because there's an entire article about it. Um, so here's here's what R- Whitmer is really upset about. To cover the increased cost of the enhanced unemployment benefits, states were asked to cover 25% of the cost of the additional $400 a week. Governor Whitmer responded, saying the federal funding cuts for the unemployment further strain states dealing with budget defects, de- budget deficits due to the health crisis. Now, it should be noted that Governor Whitmer, your state was in a budget deficit before the health crisis you already did a crappy job at managing our money so you're gonna blame trump well yeah of course that's the democrat you know that's that's all they can possibly do that's all any democrat can possibly do is fail and then blame trump so it's just just more ridiculousness um I mean, Governor Whitmer has no idea what she's... Well, she does. She has some idea of what she's doing. Uh, She's trying to get President Trump out of office. That's her only objective here. Uh, Well, I can't say only objective. She's probably trying to get into uh, the VP spot, too. Uh, She won't because she's not black. But, man, she's really giving it a go. All right. So, what is Governor Gretchen Whitmer doing um, to, you know, help out on all this stuff? Well... She's ordering to create more councils. Oh, it's just what Democrats do, isn't it? Oh, they just waste more money. Isn't that cute? So, MLive's reporting here. Whitmer orders, Whitmer order creates council to tackle Michigan's food insecurity problems. 
Because, you know, we don't have any charities that uh, do that or anything. So, the governor signed an executive order Friday, August 7th, creating creating of the Food Security Council. Creating of the Food Security Council. Yeah, I'm live. Uh, good job there. The goal of the council, she said, is to develop a plan to ensure all Michiganders can put food on their table for themselves and their families, no matter their socioeconomical status. Well, you know, I, it, I, I seem to remember America as being a country where people are responsible for feeding their children themselves. Now, granted, as, as Ben Shapiro often says, when the government drives a truck through your living room, they got to pay for the damages. Uh, and Governor Whitmer sure has driven a truck through our living room. Uh, she's put millions of people out of work. She's closed countless shops, closed countless restaurants, closed countless businesses that will never be able to recover. So she is responsible for these damages. Uh, creating a food security council, I'm not sure, is quite the the ticket that she's looking for, that, that, that hot-button item. Um, so... Yeah, she she actually says, I am committed to making sure every family and person has access to the quality, nutrition, nutritious food they need. My goodness, I am having trouble today, people. Uh, forgive me. And also, you know, deal with it. <laughs> um, so, Whitmer said, food security impacts educational outcomes of children, the cost of health care, the development and stability of Michigan's workforce. Uh, I would ask what workforce, but she doesn't allow press briefings, or she doesn't allow questions in her press briefings, so, um, yeah. And the rate of crime in its communities. She called it a pressing and persistent problem in Michigan. So, how many, how many, how many emergencies do we have now? So we have, we have the COVID emergency, um, which she's currently using as a state of emergency. She's setting up all these states of emergencies. Uh, the COVID is a state of emergency. Uh, racism is a public health crisis. Uh, food is now a public health crisis. Um, you know, just again ignoring the fact that she's the she's the reason that you know people are out of work and can't afford a thing. Um, whatever. Executive Order Twenty Twenty One Sixty Seven. Oh, look at that. Uh, I, I, I read 160 earlier. Uh, yeah, she's making multiple executive orders a day. Uh, this is how we're at over 150 executive... Over 160 executive orders now um, in just a matter of a few months. So, Executive Order 2020-167 creates a council within the, health de within the Department of Health and Human Services and made up of leadership from the state's Department of Health, Agriculture, and Labor. Whitmer also appointed 16 members representing various sectors of the economy, including healthcare, agriculture, education, and nonprofit. The council is charged with identifying and analyzing the nature, scope, and causes of food insecurity in Michigan. I, I wonder if they're going to identify the governor as that, you know, that uh, nature, the nature of, or, excuse me, I wonder if they're going to identify the governor as the nature, scope, and causes of food insecurity in Michigan. They probably won't, though, because she appointed them. Um, identifying and assessing evidence-based policies to decrease food insecurity during and after the pandemic. Now, all right, let me just stop here. Food insecurity. That is such a ridiculous word. Um, I understand the sentiment, but God, leave it to a Democrat to make up a dumbass word and then create an entire policy out of it. That's just ridiculous. Uh, 
Uh, it will also be responsible for analyzing the return on investment to policies that decrease, again, that made up word, food insecurity, making recommendations on how the resources and efforts currently devoted to address food insecurity can be best coordinated, implemented, and supplemented. Well, currently devoted to addressing food insecurity? Uh, I, I didn't realize that that was a thing until she just made it up, but, you know, whatever. Again, that's, that's going to be my favorite word. Uh, for today is whatever because goodness knows I can't do a dang thing about this this is ridiculous um, creating food security is the first step towards self-sufficiency and while it starts in the field it is sustained in the workplace uh, Phil Knight the executive director of the Food Bank Council of Michigan said now, I would disagree. I would say that uh, allowing people to be free to pursue their own interests, one of those interests being food, um, would probably be the first step towards self-sufficiency. But, you know, Democrats don't believe in freedom. This governor certainly doesn't believe in freedom, as we've seen. So, cool beans. In April, nearly 1.5 million people in Michigan received Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program benefits through the state's food assistance program. The state increased the number of families that could receive the maximum benefits from the food assistance program during the first five months of the quote-unquote pandemic. Michigan's unemployment rate is higher than the sensationally adjusted 11% national average. During the week ending July 18th, nearly 14% of Michiganders received unemployment assistance. Now, of course, they, they end, all, as always, with COVID-19 prevention tips uh, because we need those. So this, this governor says that the president of the United States is responsible for making sure that Michiganders have money, uh, as evidenced by, you know, her her ridiculous um, arguments against his executive orders. Um, again, her insistence that, you know, it's unfair that a state has to pay 25% of unemployment. Uh, that's absurd. Of course, a state should be paying unemployment. Uh, you did it, Big Gretch. You were the one that put all these people out of work. You are responsible for that. You're also responsible for us being at a financial deficit. You're the one that signs the, the uh, what do you call those things? The budget. You're the one that signs the budget. If you didn't sign stupid budgets, we wouldn't have a deficit. All right, there, there are states in our union that do not have deficits. All of them are Republican run, but... The point is that the state is responsible for itself. We are independent states. We are united states. Okay, We are actually independent sovereign states that are united under one flag, one banner, one idea of personal freedom. And yet she's berating the president of the United States for trying to help to curb the impact of her idiotic policies. All right. I, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with that one. Uh, you guys all see the idiocy here. Um, so we move on. So the uh, the James Peters race is heating up. Um, 
U.S. Senator Gary Peters, 61, and, oh, sorry, uh, the Detroit News is where I'm reading this from. Uh, Peters, James, offer clashing visions for the U.S. Senate. So, uh, Peters, he says, you know, we should give him another six-year term because he's bipartisan, he can reach across the aisle, he can get things done, um, all that good stuff, obviously. Um, things that, obviously, a, an incumbent is going to say, hey, look, I've done stuff. I mean, we haven't heard about him until, you know, this year, um, but obviously he's done so much in a six-year term. Uh, John James, 39, a Republican businessman from Farmington Hills, says bipartisanship is a buzzword that politicians use to make themselves appear less extreme. James says he's looking forward to working with Democratic U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, whom he ran against in 2018. Partisans are incapable of governing, governing as we've seen, as we're seeing, my goodness, as we're seeing quite clearly across our nation, James said. The policy disagreements between James and Peters are vast, and they'll be in the spotlight over the next three months before the November 3rd general election. Michigan's Senate race could have national repercussions. Peters is one of two incumbent Democrats running in the state that President Donald Trump won in 2016, and Democrats want to keep his seat as they seek to regain control of the Senate from the Republicans who hold a 53-47 advantage. So this race is actually important because I'm sure that Republicans will lose a couple seats. Um, and we've we've not really done anything. Like, we, we hold the Senate. We hold the House. We hold the President. No, we don't hold the House anymore. Excuse me. We hold the Senate. We hold the presidency. Um, I hope we would do in the House. But I don't think we'll get anything done again. Uh, it's it's kind of just delaying the uh, bleeding out of America, but you know it's it's sticking a bandage over a giant gash. The article continues. The race is important for Republicans nationally because they're not really playing offense anywhere, says Adrian Hemond, CEO of Lansing-based political consulting firm Grassroots Midwest. Well, you know what? I I agree, Adrian. Um, I agree, Mr. Hemond. Um, we're not playing offense anywhere. Uh, and Republicans are starting to realize that, I hope. I hope they're starting to wake up to the fact that they can't just capitulate to the Democrats and keep on getting reelected. We will put in different people. Not Democrats. Oh, goodness, no. We will not allow Democrats to win. But we need to get Republicans in there that are going to fight the Democrats. That are going to offer an alternative worldview, an alternative way of governing that is going to be... That is going to promote freedom. Okay, that's... You'll notice, if you've listened to me at all, I highly value personal freedom. Because I like doing what I want. And I like having the responsibility for the repercussions of what I do. Okay, As long as I'm not stepping on anybody else's rights, and no, going out in public without a mask is not stepping on anybody else's rights. Uh, if you're scared of the virus, it is your right to stay home. See? You see how that works? Personal responsibility, personal freedom. I like it. I am a huge fan. Probably all my listeners are too. Um... I know a lot of people in Michigan are big fans of being free. Um, so, uh, the, the article continues. Uh, Peters, Peters says, or that it has a subheadline. Uh, Peters, look at my record. In recent weeks, the Detroit News interviewed James and Peters for 30 minutes each, which I, you know, I would encourage you to go and listen to those interviews. Um, I will be doing so, and I will be uh, commenting on them on Friday. Um, so, 
uh, where was it? Oh, the conversations probed the candidates' diverging positions on healthcare and the federal government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Asked why Michigan's why Michigan voters should send them to Washington D.C. for six years, both candidates touted their abilities to get things done. I, I hate that term, get things done. That's so vague. Uh, what are you getting done? I, I mean, communists get things done. Uh, the I mean, fascist China gets things done. That's such a stupid word. I wish our elected officials would stop using it. All right. Research from the Center for Effective Lawmaking ranked Peters the fourth most effective Democratic senator over 2017 and 2018. I don't know how they determine that. Most effective? Whatever. Meanwhile, the Luger Center at Georgetown University ranked him the third most bipartisan Democratic senator for 2019, said Peters, who served in the U.S. House before winning the Senate seat in 2014. Um, sitting outside a coffee shop near his home in Oakland County, Peters said his approach wouldn't change if Democrats took back the Senate. A seesaw in major policies as control changes in Washington, D.C. isn't in the best interest of the country, he said. Now, while I agree with that, I also don't think that anything that he is pushing for bipartisanly is very good. Um, bipartisan just means we get the worst of both worlds. We get it. It, it just I mean, you take crap and vomit and you take the best of each like what the, the little corn kernels out of the crap and the the chunky stuff out of the vomit and then you get like something that resembles a cohesive uh uh solid thing no that's just dumb um so now we get to what you know the real substance of the article so, uh, look at my record over the years that I have served, Peter says. I've always tried to find common ground. I am not going to change who I am. I think the best solutions for the country are ones where you can come together. Now, James countered that Peter has voted with his party 95% of the time, based on a ProPublica compendium of votes in the 2019-2020 session that showed the Democrat voting against the majority of Senate Democrats 26 times, or 4.5%. Uh, if James is elected, Michigan will have one Democratic senator, Stabenow, a white woman, and a, one Republican senator, a black man, which guarantees a seat at the table no matter which party is in control, he said. In the military, James said he learned to work with people of all beliefs, and in business, there is no quote-unquote partisan solutions. So obviously, uh, I, I very much support James. Uh, I think he'd be a great candidate. Um, I very much do not want Peters in there because... Uh, he's been useless, uh, and he's a Democrat, so it's like double uselessness. Uh, but even even in his Democratic sphere, um, he has been completely useless. He's not, he's come up with no real policies. He's come up with no uh, solutions to anything. I think he's he's authored like a single bill and co-authored a couple more, but um, none of them have gone anywhere. Uh, so James, thumbs up. Peters, thumbs down. Uh, I'm sure you're all super surprised to hear that. So, uh, we move on because I'm going to be talking about James and Peters a lot more on Friday. So, I, I don't want to squeeze in one more article before I had to go. Uh, this is not going to be a long show. So, one more article. Okay. So, last article here. Tlaib, McCain, Meyer, win. Here's what we need to know in the 2020 Michigan primary. 
Uh, this is from the Detroit Free Press. So, uh, as the as the title states, uh, Talib and uh, Meyer and McLean. I think I said McCain. Uh, McLean uh, all win their primaries. Uh, Talib is garbage. She's an anti-Semite. She's she she's not wearing her hijab in this picture. Uh, so we don't even know what religion she is. Uh, but she is, in fact, a Muslim. Uh, she is very radical, uh, a communist as well. Um, you know, and, and you know, if if any of our listeners have any questions about Talib's uh, rabid anti-Semitism or her communism, uh, feel free to you know email the show and ask me any questions. Or even if you want qu- questions answered on your own uh, primary candidate um, or questions on your own uh, district's uh, election to Congress. Um, Feel free to email the show. I will answer any questions. Uh, I will look up policies for you um, and, you know, share them with your friends. So, uh, Tlaib, I'm going to skip over because, you know, she's garbage. Uh, Meyer, who is a 32-year-old Iraq war veteran whose family has a huge name recognition, obviously, won the president or won the Republican primary for the chance to replace Justin Amash, you know, the squish that uh, is actually was actually a Democrat and you know, rejected Donald Trump for some unknown reason, uh, made a bid for the presidency and was just destroyed. So here's what I really like. Um, Mike Meyer is going to be facing Hillary Schloten, Schlalton, Schlalton, Hillary Schlalton. Okay. I'm done with that. Uh, I had fun though. Uh, so she won the Democratic primary without any opposition. Um, in a statement, Meyer said, Tonight, West Michigan voters sent a resounding message that we are tired of playing the political games of the past and invoked the memory of others who have represented the Grand Rapids region and were known for a consensus building, including President Gerald Ford and the late U.S. Representative Paul Henry. The time has come for a Republican Party that offers solutions based on conservative values like limited government, economic freedom, and individual liberty to tackle issues in the present and the challenges sure to come. So I like that. Uh, I like small government. Uh, I like economic freedom, and I like individual liberty. So uh, this guy is speaking my language. Um, we'll see you know, how that translates into what he does in uh, Congress. Um, obviously, I can't, I can't really pass judgment before seeing how he votes on certain things or what kind of bills he comes up with or, you know, Anything that, anything, you know, any, good night. I am having trouble. <laughs> so, without any track record, I can't really make a comment, but he speaks my language, so. And he's probably speaking your language, too, if you're listening. Um, in the 10th district, uh, McLean, let's see, I think it was Lisa, yeah, Lisa McLean. Um, she won the Republican primary. Um, from what I've seen from her, uh, I like her as well. Uh, she said, what you see is what you get. Um, basically, I, I I don't know what that means. Uh, this this article doesn't really go into uh, what what we're seeing, but uh, uh, chair Chairwoman Laura Cox welcomed her in the establishment. Uh, she said she gave Lisa an endorsement. She said, with Lisa's hard work, we will have another principled conservative leader who will fight on behalf of Michiganders in Washington. I know Lisa will be a strong ally for President Trump over the next four years. 
working to enact America first policies that will better the lives of Michiganders. So I like all that. Working with President Trump, great. Uh, Michigan first pol- or America first policies, great. Um, she's going to be facing the Democratic, the winner of the Democratic primary, Kimberly Beeson, a web director who won the nomination two years ago and beat Amy Nurse and beat Army Nurse Kelly Noland. So uh, this this article goes into a few more of the primaries that are going to be important, the 8th District, the 11th District. Um, if you don't know what district you're in, uh, you should probably figure that out. You can go to the Michigan website. Um, so, so I'm going to walk you through step-by-step step how to do this. So go to michigan.gov. Uh, you want to go, you want to click on the little, uh, the list icon up in the upper right-hand corner if you're on your phone. Uh, I believe it's in the same place on the computer. I'm not going to look right now because I'm running short on time. I'm actually already over by a couple minutes. So uh, click that tab. You go to the government, and it's right there on the front. Find your representative. So state senator lookup, state representative lookup. Um, you want to do that. You want to find out which district you're in. Uh, you can also, afterward, you can go to ballotpedia.com. Uh, type in your district, and it will give you everybody that's running in your district. Um, so that that is going to be, you know, that's a simple way to find out um, who your options are in your congressional district. Um, again, any questions can be directed to me. I will answer them as best as I can, um, as best as I can, as best I can. Um, so go do that. Be involved. Be informed before you vote. Um, I know you're listening to my show, so you're already pretty intelligent. Um, but yes, be informed. Again, any questions, direct them to me or Jim. I'm sure Jim would love to answer your questions as well. Um, yeah, so that's it for the show today. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our website, we are getting a lot of subscribers, and uh, you, you'll love seeing it. So uh, go subscribe to the website, um, like our Facebook page, share the show with your friends, your family, um, all the people that you will annoy with your political advocacy. Also, uh, get involved. Um, you know, you don't have to be out campaigning all day, every day for your candidates. Uh, you know, if, if everybody, if every conservative, if every freedom-minded individual were to be out campaigning even a couple days a month, uh, you know, that would have a huge impact on our state. And that's really what we want to impact. We want a state where we are free. Um, so if you have any questions about how you can get involved, uh, again, email me, email Jim, um, straight news for you at gmail.com, or you can go to the website. You can actually ask a question there on our chat box. Uh, you may not get an immediate answer, but you know, we will get to it. Um, and we will, you know, we will help you as best we can. So that's your show for today. I'm Thomas Fry. This is the Holmes Politicast.